Hello, friends. Welcome to Level Up with Debbie Neal. I am your host. There is nowhere I would rather be than right here, right now with you. This podcast is all about leveling up in all aspects of our lives. Thank you for being here. I am so grateful. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Together, we are leveling up. You ready? Are you a network marketing professional? Are you looking to get crystal clear on your goals and what you have to do to achieve them? If the answer is yes, keep listening. My friends over at 90 Day Habits created a journal specifically for network marketers. It is the exact blueprint they use to reach the top 1% in their network marketing company. This 90 Day Habits journal will help you stay intentional, organized, and build habits to keep you on track toward your business goals. I use this journal. I love the creators of this journal. I love the energy around it, and I love the results it brings to my daily organization. Leaders make quick decisions. Then they make the right decision. Make the decision to commit to your business today with the 90-Day Habits Journal available at 90-90-DAYHABITS.CO, 90dayhabits.co, and use Level Up. 15, all capital, for 15% off your order. Hello, my Level Up family. I am elated to be here with everybody today. I'm so excited. We have a guest speaker on today, and you're going to hear from Rita Davenport. Now, for those of you who know Rita Davenport, you know Rita Davenport, and you are pumped. And I have an introduction that I'm going to share with you guys and just some of her incredible accolades. But I need to start with a personal, like my personal introduction of Rita. So I was introduced to Rita, got to know Rita 17 years ago when I started my business. And Rita Davenport was the president of the company that I am aligned with. And I can remember watching her on stage and seeing her presence and her energy and her charisma and the way she was able to get 18,000 people on their feet, believing in themselves, wanting more, like it lit the fire inside of my soul. In fact, I went to that event thinking like I was in a great place, but I left knowing this woman has a gift. And then as I began to really grow and expand, she kind of really took me under her wing. And I could remember speaking. I don't know if she remembers this, but I was asked to speak at a big event in Albany was one of my first events that I was ever asked to speak at. And I got off of that stage and she just said, baby girl, you were born to do this. And then ever since then, we just had this incredible relationship. And I have to say so much of who I am today and the way I love to be the light and the way I love to touch people's hearts, I learned so much of that from Rita Davenport. I owe you, Rita, so much. And although Rita has gone on to do many other things, she was she, she had many other accolades before she was with me that time in my life and many after that, there's been a communication that has never broken between Rita Davenport and myself. And I can remember 
vividly going through some valleys because in success, we go through valleys, okay? We go through them and going through some really challenging times. I don't want to say hard times because we don't know the definition of hard till we experience hard, but challenging times who have made me who I am today. Some of the first phone calls that I have received was from Rita Davenport. So you guys are in for such a treat today. I'm so excited, but I have here some actual accolades outside of the ones outside of my heart, because I really want you to understand the caliber of of speaker that we have here today. And I'm so, I'm so proud to introduce this woman, Rita Davenport, has a passion and, in t- and a talent for inspiring and empowering others, like getting inside of your soul and wanting you to be your very best. She is an award-winning TV producer, a host, a best-selling author, a corporate trainer, an inspirational humorist. You guys, we could do this podcast for four hours and you will be you would be belly laughing the entire time. She's a world-renowned entrepreneur. She is viewed in over 32 million homes on her television shows, Success Strategies, and Laugh Your Way to Success. Rita is such a gifted messenger. She has the unique ability to empower to entertain and to train audiences worldwide and is also an esteemed charter member with the distinct recognition of CSP and CPAE held by only 3% of national speakers. Rita's Four best-selling books have reached sales of over 1 million copies, including Making Time, Making Money, and her hit Funny Side Up, which was published by Success Magazine. Rita has been featured in many prestigious publications, ranging from Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, to People and Success Magazine, as well as NBC's Today Show, ABC's Good Morning America, and Katie Lee and Hoda, among countless other television and radio programs. Success Magazine actually refers to her as a hope dealer. And I can tell you this firsthand, Rita Davenport is a hope dealer. And I know that I, well, I I know one of my missions is to carry on the hope that she paved that way for me to pay it back for eternity. As an entrepreneur, though raised in poverty, Okay, because we're not we're not a product of where we come from, right? She is known for motivating and leading millions with her example of how hard work could pay off and could lead to extraordinary success. So I'm so excited to have her here today to share some hard-earned lessons, words of wisdom with over three decades of experience in leadership, personal development, and success. And I love how she always says this. She speaks two languages. And that is English, and that is Southern. So, Rita, thank you for being here. You know how I feel about you. I have looked up to you for 17 years. Every time I get a compliment of anything, I really think Rita Davenport planted that seed inside of my heart. And I know she went before me to show me the way she expects me to conduct myself in so much that I do. And from the depths of my soul, like we have, we have, I don't even know, Chase, how close we are to 2 million downloads, but there's a lot of people listening to this. And I'm so grateful that I've waited actually this long to have to have guests because it's just more people that get to hear from you, Rita. So I I have a list of questions today, but Rita's like me. She really loves to talk because she just loves to serve and she has so much to share. So I'm going to turn it over to her to just share 
she could share just a little bit of, of who she is. And then we're going to do as much dialogue as we can. But I know that you're going to hear from Rita today more than you're going to hear from me. So Rita Davenport, I love you. How are you oh, today? You know, just being with you uh, and listening to what you just said, you know, you just spent most of our time here with that introduction. So you could have just said, bam, bam, bam. Well, you've She's got a here. lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of stuff. I sent you too much, didn't I? Uh, well, you, I... You know, listening to you, though, every true mentor, and and you have given me credit for being a mentor in the past, but every true mentor wants their mentee to outdo them. And you definitely have done that, baby girl. And I'm so proud of you. And I love to brag that Debbie Neal is my friend. (laughs) I'm just so proud of all you do and all you've done and the example that you set. Uh, I, I'm just blown away with your success and all that you're doing. You are amazing. And, you know, I always say that God is watching. Give him a good show. And, Debbie, you definitely are doing that. You're giving him a great show. So congratulations to you and the people that you're helping and inspiring and training and encouraging. It's it's monumental. So I'm, I'm just blown away by your success. But not surprised, but just very impressed with what you're doing. Well, you've laid it out for me. You've set the example and you held the bar so high. So I I just want to like, I want to like talk. I want to have dialogue because you have okay. so much wisdom to share people. And as I even ask you things, you can spin it off. You can have something hit you that you want to share. But one of the things that I love so much about you, and I believe this to my core, you know, there's a lot of people today that have so much potential to be so successful. I believe we were born limitless. I believe prosperity is our birthright. And I believe God in one, us all to be so successful, but it does take more than God wanting it for us, right? Yeah, it, it takes more. And people give up so easily today when it doesn't fall in their laps. Like maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Like, how do you feel about this? Well, first of all, we learn more from adversity than we do from success, Debbie. I, I've had ideas and I've had opportunities. I, I'll give you an example. Um, I did uh, local television in Phoenix for 15 years. I did uh, Phoenix at Midday, Open House, and then Cooking with Rita. I had this idea to do a, a food network. So I approached the owners of our station, which was the Merritt Corporation, owns Better Homes and Gardens, and I suggested a food network idea. And I think they noticed my accent, you know, being from Tennessee. They probably thought, well, this is some pitiful corn redneck from Tennessee. What does she know about setting up a, a food network? And um, I told him, I said, people eat three times a day. I said, they don't have sex that much unless they're weird, newly married or having an affair or something. I said, everybody's interested in food. And they just, you know, laughed it off. Well, the station manager at Channel 3, I was at Channel 5, Jack Clifford, watched my cooking show every day. And they said, Rita, we thought he had a crush on you because we couldn't interrupt him when you were on TV. He had to watch your show. And uh, come to find out, he started the Food Network. And I kind of chided him. I said, you know, Jack, that was my idea. And I said, there's a book called Seed Money in Action by Speller is the uh, author. And I said, you're supposed to give your source of inspiration. And he said, well, he said, I should have given you something. He said, because I sold the Food Network for $200 million, Rita, and it's now worth $3 billion today. So, Debbie, I had a $3 billion idea. And because somebody said no, and, and I'm loyal as an old dog anyway. I couldn't go to another station or reach out to somebody else. I've been there at that TV station for 15 years. But I'm just saying we do learn so much uh, from from neg- negativity and things that happen to us. And I've had my share of that. And that's what happens when you're out to succeed. You're going to have, you know, downfalls at times. But um, I, I'm just I'm just happy that we're in a, 
situation, being able to share ideas today, that anybody that is looking for what to do and how to do it can certainly get from this what they need. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all in. So anything you need to know. Well, one of the things that I know you and I believe so much, energy and passion makes a difference. We can all be, you know, just use a company, for example, and we have people that listen to this podcast that are in all different direct selling companies, different network marketing companies. I have people in corporate America. I have athletes. There's there's such a wide range of people that li- that listen, but we could all be aligned with the same company, same product, same opportunity, but energy and passion makes a really big difference. Like it's it's everything and it's your secret sauce. So I'd love for you to touch on this a little bit. Well, it's everything. You know, people would ask me, well, how did you build a business from like $10 million to almost a billion dollars? It, it comes from passion. And to and people say, well, how do, you, how do you get so excited? And how do you get the passion? You put your whole self into it. I mean, I teach put God first, family second, career third. But until you want to succeed as much as you want water to drink, food to eat, you know, money in your pocketbook. If you want to succeed bad enough, then the how will come to you. When you know what it is you want, then you're going to get what's called illuminations. That's the aha moment. That's the idea. Oh, this is what you need to do. Well, try this and try that. But, you know, I I put my whole self into it professionally, into building a business, not for what I was going to get, because I had... uh, I, I did the infomercial world. We were selling a million dollars a day in, ta- in tapes and then tapes and CDs and books. And so, you know, I had the resources. But what was most important and tugged at my heart was to make a difference, not just make a living. To How can I help other people? By my example, uh, raised in poverty, told not to go to college, never passed my SATs. Finally, when I was about 20 years old, I decided I did want a college education. I was considered an exchange student. I was able to get into a college. I graduated in three years with honors. I received a BS degree, which I know I'm demonstrating right now. But anyway, I did receive a degree with honors. And I sent my counselor at my high school that told me I wasn't college material invitation to come and see me graduate with a degree in three years. I went straight through. And when I was a distinguished alumni from my university, I invited her to come and, and see the award ceremony. Because when somebody tells you you can't, that, that either shuts you down or fires you up. And when somebody told me I couldn't do something, that was like a challenge. I'd say, I'll show you, Heifer, what I can do. <laughs> By the way, Heifer is a term of endearment in the South. If you say, Heifer, bless your heart, and then you can get away with it. But I, I've, uh, I've laughed about how many times I've told I couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't. And each time, I mean, I remember my mother was telling me, don't get your hopes up. You're never going to graduate from college. And don't get your hopes up. You're never going to, you know, have that dream home and be able to travel and to have a lifestyle that, you know, you can enjoy. And my poverty growing up, and, and know that you're being challenged right now, but my poverty growing up was truly my gift and my incentive. I mean, if you've ever lived in a home with that inside plumbing, we had to go out to the street, there's a water faucet to get water and had an outhouse and, you know, all those things. And, and to live like that and really be ashamed of where you live. Never wanted anybody to come to my house because I was captain of the cheerleaders, president of student body. I was major at color guard. I was very active socially in, in, in high school, not academically, but socially. But I, I was I was ashamed of where I lived. 
And I never wanted my kids to grow up in a home that they were ashamed of. But what was interesting is it really was a gift. And my kids then, because they were born in a home with a tennis court and a swimming pool, they were embarrassed for their friends to come to their house because their friends didn't have a house that nice. And my son asked me, why doesn't everybody have a house this nice, Mom? And I said, well, they don't want it. They don't, they don't want it bad enough. And I said, I was ashamed of where I grew up. I wanted you to be proud. But, you know, they were. it was just the opposite. They were just a little self-conscious. And I think that's God's sense of humor. Like, you know, that was probably my gift to be ashamed and their adversity to be uncomfortable, not to to live in a house that nice. So uh, we have so much to to learn, but you know, look around you every day and make a difference. I mean, if it means tipping the hostess when you go into a restaurant, because they don't usually get tipped, just the the waiters and waitresses do usually. And then I'm telling you what a difference it makes because you go there several times, they'll get you a table. I mean, if they have to ask somebody to leave because you've been very generous with recognition and tipping and giving them a hug and all that kind of stuff, but just be nice nicer than necessary. And look at everybody you come in contact with. Everybody's got an invisible sign on them. And it says, make me feel important. They have proven that people will work harder for praises than they will for raises. That's the reason when I was in the corporate America world, I loved sending candy out at Valentine's to people, a heart-shaped box of candy, and letting them know how much they were loved and appreciated, and sending them flowers on their birthday, and sending them cards and gifts. And I always called people when they were promoted to the next level. And I think that I'm doing a program for a leadership team here in Arizona. And there's some of the things I'm going to tell them, because you know, with the technology of today, we're missing the heart-to-heart, belly-to-belly connection that is still more important, endorphins that we get. And I once had a a volunteer in a Japanese orphanage just during the war, and this long time ago, and she said, Rita, our little babies were dying uh, because they were dying of marasma. There wasn't anybody to hold them and cuddle them and touch them. We could feed them and keep them clean. But the human touch, I say you need three hugs a day just to keep from being weird. And if you're not getting three hugs a day, there's a good reason you're not giving them because you're only going to get in life what you give. If you want recognition, if you want appreciation, if you want support, give it to other people. And what goes around comes around. You'll meet the same people going down you meet going up. That's the reason you're good to everybody because there's just about six degrees of separation among all of us. I'm a, I'm amazed. I came out of a concert the other night. A man, well, I was waiting for my car and a man said, uh, you went to Middle Tennessee State University. You're Rita Davenport. And I'm going, I mean, and how would he even know anything about me? But in today's world, we know a lot about a lot of people. And just, you know, find something nice to say. I got ready to fly to Salt Lake, and I rarely fly the same day I'm going to speak. But I had to add a speech in the morning in Arizona and then one in Salt Lake. And I, I go to the ticket counter to get on the plane and the flight attendant is standing there. I said, Oh, I love your haircut. And those earrings were so cute. And I'm talking to her and, and I said, I have a, a speech. I don't use the five the same day. I'm a little nervous. And I'll do, always do carry on lo- luggage, Debbie. There's two kinds of luggage, carry on and lost. And uh, so I get on the plane and there's technical problems. You really want technical problems on the ground, by the way, that's comfort to hear, hear that. So here comes the flight attendant. And she said, you got your bag. She said, you got a speech, right? And she put me on another carrier so I would get to my speech in Salt Lake simply because I had told her I loved her haircut and her earrings and I was nice to her. Yo, you just never know. And I said something to a woman at Costco the other day about how pretty her blouse was. And she came back to me. She said, thank you for saying that. She said, I'm in chemotherapy. And when you said that I looked nice 
and uh, you gave me compliments. It made me feel better. Y'all are powerful. What you can do to make other people feel better about themselves and raise the expectation of other people. Because what you expect and what you believe and what you picture is what you're going to get. No more, no less. And I came into this world. People used to always say, you are so different. Where, where did you come from? Because people around me were not that ambitious, not that motivated, not that passionate, not that, you know, uh, I think just having the energy to put into building a better life. And where did you come from? Well, I have to tell everyone listening right now, Debbie, this is something we, we didn't say in the intro, but I had Dolly Parton on my TV show. And I like to tease because it's for she lost a lot of weight. I said she was poor. And, and I mean, she was she was rich. I, I was poor, but she was kind of heavy, too. It's ugly for me to say that. But anyway, uh, she had me uh, come back. She, it was brilliant, by the way, that she was on my show because Ray Lindstrom went to pick her up and he started the he started the whole infomercial world. And because I was so nice to have him spend time with Dolly, he had me do a, uh, one of the programs for the infomercial. But it was so funny because she said to the she said, I want you to come backstage and, and uh, meet my crew when you come to my concert tonight. And I did. And, and she said, everybody, come over here. I want you to meet somebody really important. And I'm looking around like, who in the world is she talking about? Because I was standing there with my daughter-in-law and she said, y'all have always wondered who the real green-eyed Jolene is. Well, it's really Rita Davenport. And they all started cheering and I'm going, is she kidding? I mean, I did, I dated her husband, Carl Dean in high school. I was the only girl he dated. I'll say that. His daddy was my Sunday school teacher. Carl was voted wittiest in our senior class. So you can see what we had in common. But I had no idea she was going to tell the world that I was the Jolene. So uh, my daughter-in-law's fingers are smoking because she's texting all of her friends. My mother-in-law is Jolene, according to Dolly Parton. I just heard her say that. So then we're out front row seats. She got us front row seats. And she said, Phoenix, you've always wondered probably who the real Jolene is. Well, she's in the audience tonight. It's Rita Davenport. Would you stand up? And, of course, being in local television, people did know me. And people were applauding. So I just want all of you to know that you got to spend time with Jolene this morning. Uh, so I, and by the way, being told that people never look at my green eyes, Debbie, they look at my flat chest and say, bless her heart. And that's Jolene. But that's one of my claims to fame too. We forgot to mention that. I have, I have to tell you a funny story. I don't know if you remember this. But you just said that you would not fly the day you were speaking. Mm -hmm. So I would do the same thing, but for different reasons than you. When I was first building my business, the plane that I was on, which only had nine seats flying to Canada, had to make an unscheduled landing. That was code for emergency landing. Okay. Ooh. We landed on something that wasn't a runway. I gave a whole new meaning to scare the oh. you know what out of you. Oh okay. My God. It was a horrible experience. Oh. So from that point on, a doctor um, who also did business with me, said, oh, why don't you take a Xanax to fly? Like, I've never taken anything. Why don't you take a Xanax? You, do you remember this, Rita? So I, they, well, I was like, well, what's, okay, I'll just, I go, what, well, what will it do? And they go, just take the edge off. I go, perfect. Okay. So for the next four years, I took a Xanax before I flew. I felt great. Well, one time I was flying. I was speaking the next day, but when I got there, I was having dinner with you. And there was about three other people. We were in California. And I was with it, but I wasn't myself. And you kept saying, are you okay? Are you okay? And then I said, Rita, I take some medication to fly. And you were like, that's not a, like, 
basically you're useless at this dinner. You are useless at this dinner. You're looking at me, you're talking to me, but you are useless to me. So that just reminded me. Well, that, that let me, story. Tell, let me tell you if- funny, something funny about that too, Debbie. I was in the Miss Nashville contest and my talent was twirling baton. I used to be a majorette and I twirl fire. And my mother, I told mom I was scared. I was only 18 years old. And I told mom I was really nervous and scared. And she said, she gave me one of her, her pain or nerve pills or something. She gave me some kind of medication. And I'm out there trolling fire. And there's 5,000 people in the audience. And I, I'm on medication. Oh, my God. You got to be careful about any medication you take. <laughs> yeah, I was able to function. But for somebody like you who really knew me, yeah. you like we normally would have very passion, enthusiastic conversations. And I was I answering that. you as if. <clears throat> I was about to be wheeled into surgery and I was a little bit out of it. You know what I'm saying? So two things that, that I know we're both very passionate about. This is world. We're living in a world today. And I want to say this with so much love. I live in the United States of America. Sometimes I feel like it's the land of the free and the land of the lazy, but Mm -hmm. laziness is something that I can't even explain to you what it does. Forget about running my fingers down a chalkboard. It's like taking every fork out of your drawer and just like <laughs> laziness. And yeah. and when we're lazy, it just, it, it keeps us from being who we're meant to be in this world. And the only person that's really holding us back is us. So like that, cause I know you're going to be on a roll. And then like the power of asking you as, as, as like the words of Rita, get your ask on, get your ask in gear. No matter yes. what we do for a living, yes. we're asking something, right? Yes. We're selling something. We're providing something. We're, we're, we're sharing something. But if we're not asking with our whole heart and we're just sitting there like a lazy lump, then all of our dreams and goals are just going to stay inside of us. And, and it's just, they're not going to come to life. That's true. Debbie, I say that you have not because you ask not. And yes, get your asking gear. But I remember Donald Green was a friend of mine in high school. And um, Donald said to me, I'll never forget. He said, Rita, you are not lazy. You're going to make something out of yourself. And I was able to send him my my, uh, book recently. And uh, I talk about that because it's amazing the power you have when you say something to somebody like that. I never forgot it. And I am not lazy. I've worked since I was 12 years old. When I was in high school, I worked at Woolworths on the weekends and Friday nights when I didn't have a ball game or something to be a cheerleader at. And then I worked at National Life Insurance Company. And I, I've always had so many gigs going on and then did as many as 117 speeches in one year, uh, flying all over the world. So I am not lazy. I, I think it makes up for, by the way, for not being that beautiful, that talented, that smart, whatever that your negative self-talk can be. But when I say I am not lazy and, and I chide myself if I slack off just a little bit. So, uh, you know, put your whole self into it. You know, your, your network, all of you have a chance to work with people. Your network, I say, is your net worth. And uh, people, you know, the, whatever business you're in, it isn't the, it's the people business. It really is. Put the people business first. Put people first. And, you know, whatever you want in life, if you help enough other people get what they want, Debbie, you're going to get what you want. And, and it is, I, I'm obsessed with what can I do? to make a difference, not just make a living, because I know I can do that, but I want to make a difference. I want to make sure that I can set an example for other people. If you want it bad enough, as I said, 
you, your how will come to you if you know what it is you want. And you've got to have the, the necessary desire. If you, if you don't desire something, you know, I can't even give you any advice on how to get there if you don't desire something. And you have to have goals. A goal is just a predetermined idea directed toward a desired result. And yes, goals need to be written down and you need to look at them several times a day because your mind activates when you see that. And you have, you have to have an expectation, what you expect in life. I expected a lot. I'm, I really did. Even though I was around people that didn't have that kind of expectation, but what you expect, believe in picture is what you're going to get, no more and no less. And then you have to have faith. Faith's the opposite of fear. And fear is false evidence appearing real. And we have it all around us. we got to be real careful about that. But your belief, I believe that anybody could do it. When I got into the network marketing world, I thought, well, if somebody else can do it, I don't have to have a certain degree. I don't have to be a certain race, religion, colored, whatever. Anybody can do it. Level playing field. That's what I loved about it. And then you're going to get ideas and you've got to act on your inspiration. When you get an idea where, and, and I, I'm kind of the, you know, energizer bunny because I'm running around all the time like you, Debbie, you're the energizer bunny too. But you've got to have with your goal in your mind's eye, you're going to act on that idea. And then my favorite part of steps to achievement is giving. The more you give, the more you get. I am so blessed and highly favored by God. I'm so grateful. But I do believe that the more you get, you're also responsible to give more and to be more generous and more caring and more thoughtful. And then another thing, Debbie, a lot of people, uh, they don't know how to receive appreciation. They don't know how to receive blessings or how to receive recognition and all that. So learn when somebody says something nice to you, say thank you and realize you do deserve that. And then the number one mental step and adjustment for prosperity is gratitude. I am so grateful for you, Debbie. I am so grateful that you have me on your program today. I, 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 I constantly, I think constantly, tell me three things that I'm grateful for right now. And when you're in a stressful situation, I want you to stop and ask yourself, is this the worst thing that could happen to me? My friend Margie's husband and Margie were having an argument and, um, they really, it was kind of, you know, um, intense. And then they made up. And he, he was only 33 years old. He walked out the front door to get into his car to go to work. They had a terrible argument, but they kissed and made up. And he dropped dead of a heart attack. And she said, Rita, I will never forget if we had not made up and I hadn't kissed him, that he would have left this world and we would have been in that situation of arguing with each other. When I'm in a stressful situation, Debbie, I ask myself, is this the worst thing that could happen to me? Worst thing could happen to me. Something could happen to my husband of 57 years. Um, I know that's a long time, Debbie, but, uh, you know, that we, we, we've been married 57 years and, uh, second worst thing, something happened to one of my kids. You just go down the list of things. By the time this problem that you're facing right now, you think this is nothing compared to. And I'll never forget the importance when you have an argument with somebody, try to mend it because it made such a difference for my friend that she, when she lost her husband. So I always say, is this the worst thing? No, it's not. So then I move on after that. But I think that we all have so many things that we can think about that we wish we'd have done it a different way, but you learn from what you do no matter what. So I know I talked right, too much, Rita. Baby, so I get well, started. I'm going to ask you one more thing before we close out. And you know, when, when you were just talking about your hubby, it made me realize like one of our 
best times together. We basically spent 17 days together. I think it was almost 17 in Australia. Remember, uh-huh. it was yes. just six of us. And yes. that was an interesting oh, trip. Oh, that was the best trip. <laughs> because I didn't think anybody could talk more than you or me. But then there was somebody else at the table who spoke more than the two of us combined. And we needed your sweet hubby to actually say, do you really, can anybody else contribute to this conversation? You know, I I married somebody really smart, really good looking, really kind, Christian, good guy. But I I outmarried myself because I I was told I was a result of inbreeding in Tennessee. I don't know if y'all know what that means, but it happens a lot in the South. And that's when a brother and a sister marry a brother and sister and they have kids and they get married. Anyway, I wanted to improve the gene bank. So I married a Vanderbilt graduate, electrical engineer, master's degree, and helped put a man on the moon. And I thought this will give my kids a shot of having a better brain. So outmarry yourself if you can. If you're listening right now, marry somebody that's really smart. And he is, he knows everything. He is my, I, I tell people I sleep with my IT department because he, he knows all of this about this, all this technology. And I just kind of stand in front of a microphone and talk from time to time, but he is the smart one in the family. That's for sure. He's amazing. So I'm going to, I'm going to go out on this note because I know you need to go. If you could just give your advice, I, I, I believe in this wholeheartedly, the importance of the circle of the people we hang around with and the power of positive thinking. Like those two things, I think we, of course, when you have the work ethic and the goals and the belief and, and the gratitude and like we speak the same love language, but you are a byproduct of the people that you hang around with. And I know yes. from building my success in the last 17 years, I mind my mind. I'm willing to walk alone. <laughs> I'm very protective of, of my energy. I've yes, grown through yes. a lot of things. If there's negativity, people know <clears throat> me. I'm going to be the solution or I'm up and I'm out. So I'd love your feedback on that. And then I will so graciously let you go. Well, first of all, Debbie, the sense of humor is the most important part of all of this because you got to have a sense of humor and you got to, you got to understand your greatness. People have asked me, why, how, how come you feel so good about yourself? Well, I took biology and anatomy and physiology in college and I didn't learn that much, but I learned how we all got started and you got to honor this. We all started as a little tiny sperm. And in order to get born, you had to outswim millions of other sperm. I don't know what motivates you, but that little tail was wiggling and you were swimming fast as you can. And you were saying, out of my way, out of my way. I want to do this. I want to do that. Whatever it is, out of my way. And the people you left behind, you know, you don't hear much from them. But by the way, I had a doctor come up to me one time. You know the difference between God and a doctor, Debbie? God doesn't think he's a doctor. But a doctor came up to me one time and said, "Uh, Rita, it's not the first sperm that gets to the egg that fertilizes the egg. Actually, the egg chooses the sperm that she that she wants. That would be the woman that she wants. And so I think that we all say, you know, I'm I'm going to do this great thing as you're swimming to be, you know, born someday. But I thought if I swim that many sperm, I surely can do this job. So have confidence in yourself. You're here for a reason. And God has given you all the necessary skills and talents that you need to fulfill your purpose in life. You got to just decide what you want and what you're willing to give up to get it and set your priorities and go to work. Roll up your sleeve and go to work. And work's a four letter word. And many people don't want to work. And I always realize that if it was going to work, I had to work it. And it wasn't going to happen without me working it. So go to work and then make sure that you feel, you realize that you're here for a reason. 
And I think that Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life book is powerful because the first four words, if you don't read the rest of the book, it's a great book. But it says it's not about you. And Debbie, it's not. It's about the people that you can influence, that you can help, that you can encourage, that you can motivate, that you can inspire. Because that's at the end of the day. Truly what you're worth is what you're able to do to help other people increase their worth. And that's what I love about what you're doing. Anybody listening right now, if you could gotten one idea, one idea. I mean, you're listening to somebody that was raised in poverty and has been so blessed. And I have such gratitude and have gratitude for what you got. Because the more you, you focus on being grateful for what you got, the more you're going to attract to you even more in your life. And just always understand, you know, Walt Disney said, you know, do what you do so well that people want to see you and they'll bring others. And I have been blessed with audiences of 44,000 people. And just recently I uh, spoke and, and Donna Johnson was in the audience and she heard me say the quote, uh, we spoke after Tony Robbins. He was my warm up act. And I spoke after him and I said, I know Tony teaches you how to walk on fire. I said, but I am never going to try to walk on fire until I can walk on water. I said, actually, my mentor walked on water and I stuck my finger up in the air and pointed up, up to the heavens. And Donna Johnson was in the audience and heard me say, my mentor walks on water. And she has written a best-selling book with that title. I had no idea that somebody was going to take a quote that I had given and just it came through me because I think we, we speak through, I always, before I do a speech, I, I say my self-talk to God is, okay, let's go do this. But evidently God wanted Donna to hear that. And so know your power and your influence and give yourself a hug and be better than necessary. Be nicer than necessary. I mean, make people feel good when they're around you and make people laugh. I teach with humor and I have a, a company that just hired me to do a speech and want me to do it at seven o'clock in the morning. And I said, no, I, you know, I, I don't do a speech at seven o'clock in the morning. I have to drive an hour. And I have to get up at three o'clock. And so they said, okay, we'll, we'll move the time to 1130 if you'll speak for us. So that's what you want, that kind of feedback. They'll move their, their speech uh, for, for me to be able to do it. So be nicer than necessary. Put your whole self into what you're doing now. Learn and grow and just know that you're here. God's not through with you yet. There's something you're supposed to do. Make a difference in this world, not just to live in. Debbie, I know I'm talking too much, so you know <laughs> just get wound up. <laughs> I could sit here with you for the next three hours. You've oh, been an God, incredible so mentor much. to me. You have, you were the light. You're still the light, but you lit that light so brightly that it was an honor for me to keep that light to whatever capacity. Every time I'm shining, it is because I have really big shoes to fill. And I'm not saying I do it to fill. I'm doing it to continue that example. And there's always that, you know, I think one of the greatest um, accolades and blessings is I had people make WWDD, what would Debbie do? And bracelets. And I remember at one point that people used to say, what would Rita do? And when people showed me a picture of, of all those bracelets on their wrist, I thought, okay, all right. It wasn't about having the same bracelets, but it was about there are people that are believing more and doing more and rising more and shining more because we, you shine that light for me and I will forever pay it forward. So having you here today was really huge. 
You guys, this woman is a huge part of of my success and I can't thank you enough. So go to the doctor now. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. I love all of you listening. Thank you. And say love you more. I, I hang oh, up and where phone. can people find you, yeah. Rita? <laughs> oh, uh, www.ritadavenport.com. And I think that's that's my email. That's, you know, and, and I have a website too. You can go to the, my website, um, all kinds of stuff. So I'm available. I'd love to hear from you. And I hope you got something out of this today. It really means a lot to me. And I, people got and a you lot make a difference, okay? Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Love you, everybody. Bye-bye.